Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 2.14 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. Today, I want to share with you a very personal experience that I'm going through right now. And this is going to be a big share. So I hope that you will stay with me to learn more about what I'm currently going through and how I'm managing it and how that can relate to you. Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. So last uh, June, at the end of June, I had a CT scan, and uh, it was just a routine checkup. Every year I go in and I still get things checked on the inside of me, so that was no big deal, no big shocker. You know, I wasn't worried about it. It was very, very routine. Um, And of course, here in Canada, we have to typically wait for our results. So I didn't have an appointment with my oncologist until July the 18th. So it was about two and a half weeks or so that I had to wait for my results. And I really wasn't worried about it because I was feeling fine. I wasn't feeling tired, nothing abnormal going on. So I was expecting a call from my oncologist at about five in the evening to tell me what the results were and to just, you know, keep moving forward in my life. And it didn't go that way, which is thing number one. It didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go starting right from the phone call. And so what happened is um, my husband and I were actually on our way to go stand up paddleboarding for the day. And around noon, the phone rang and it was my oncologist's resident. And he wanted to talk to me about the results of my scan. So a little bit of small talk and whatever, because he doesn't know me trying to figure out who I am. And finally, he gets to that magical moment where he's like, okay, let's talk about your CT scan results. And um, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. What he shared was that they have found a spot on my lower left lung. And... I think that I would have been okay with this if he had just stopped talking there. But, um, you know, I feel like he's missed the class on how to tell people really disturbing, upsetting, scary news. And so he just kept talking. And as he kept talking, he said things that really, I feel like were not within his scope. He talked about... um, how this might not be operable because of where it's located and he didn't know if they'd be able to do a biopsy or not and you know I'm not sure how he suddenly had become a thoracic surgeon but he was sharing these opinions and then he started talking about you know have you had radiation and what about chemotherapy and then I went into complete fight or flight mode I was absolutely 100% triggered by the idea that maybe they couldn't get this out surgically and that I would have to do chemotherapy again. And if you have done chemotherapy, you know how how hard it is to go through that process. And my oncologist had promised me years ago that we would only do chemotherapy again 
if things were really going sideways, like if there were multiple metastases, if there was a real dire situation that wouldn't allow me to have just surgical removal of spots and bumps and whatever that come up. So to even have the word thrown on the table really sent me reeling. So to make a long story short, I literally, I had my husband pull over the vehicle and hung up the phone because he said he had to call me back after he consulted with my oncologist, which again, I'm a little bit taken aback by that whole process. But um, I got out of the car, out of the truck, and I had a complete panic attack. I could not calm myself down. And you know that I have tools, I teach tools around this, but I could not calm myself down because all I could hear was him saying it might not be operable and then starting to muddle into the waters of chemotherapy. And he, other s he said other silly things like, well, at least you don't have lots of spots in your lungs. And it was like, I, I really just wanted him to stop talking as he was talking. And the more that he talked, the more upset that I got. So I finally got myself calmed down and got back on the phone with him um, he called back and I got back on the phone with him and I really tried to throw him a lifeline, which is ironic because it's my life that I'm now concerned about. And I was like, okay, like, let's just slow down the process here and let's not call this cancer until we know that it's cancer. Like, let's take our finger off the panic button. And, and he just didn't, he didn't hear me. He's like, no, we're really sure that it's cancer. So all of that to say, it wasn't how it was supposed to go in my mind. Um, and initially in the moment, I didn't handle it in the way that would have been the picture perfect model of it. But I handled it as a real human being, having a real human experience. And that's why I'm sharing it with you is because you know, I know I come on the podcast and I talk about well, you can do this and try that and you can be this. And, and in the meantime, I'm still walking my walk over here. And in that moment, I was just a girl who got some news that she didn't want to hear. And it, it sent me into a tailspin. So my husband and I decided to continue on our paddleboarding adventure because I felt like I just needed to be on the water. I needed to be in nature. I needed to be away from people <laughs> and be able to just be really quiet on the water. And so, you know, we're paddling and, and we're chatting back and forth and we're kind of looking at each other with that what the hell just happened moment on our face. Um, and, and I was really struggling. And my husband, you know, God love him, he turned to me and he said, all right, we've been here before, but we know that it's different now because you, you have tools. So tell me, what tools do you have that you can use. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you've been listening to me all of these years. And then he said to me, Catherine, what would you say to your clients? And I said, I would tell them that nothing has gone wrong here until we know that something has gone wrong and then we'll have a plan. And that is literally what I say to my clients. Something has gone wrong, but I can't panic about it until there's something actually to panic about. That's, that's sort of how we framed it. And that uh, has allowed me to move forward, um, knowing that I don't know exactly what it is. We're pretty sure what it is. Like, I'm not in denial. 
I am not sitting here in my house in denial that no, it's not. It probably is cancer. Highly likely that it is. But what I'm not going to do is allow my brain to go to all of the scenarios because that is not healthy. That is not a good place to be running all of the scenarios. And I know you know what I'm talking about. But I can't let myself do that because I need to keep getting up every day and move forward and and live my normal life between now and August 21st when I'm actually having my surgery. So we ended up meeting with a surgeon a couple of days after the delivery of the news. Um, But I sat for two and a half days thinking that this was not operable and that I was going to have to have chemotherapy. And when we got on the call with her, she was like, oh my God, this is so routine. Yep, we've got this. Here's your picture. There's where it is. This is what we're going to do. Easy breezy, 30 minute procedure, couple hours on the front and on the back getting you in and out. Heck, you might even go home the same day. And we're like, oh my God, that is not at all what we were told. Like that's not what was implied in that phone call on July the 18th. So we got off the call feeling like a million times better and much more confident and able to feel a little bit like we had a little bit of control back and everything has moved forward relatively quickly. And um, as I said, I'm having surgery on August the 21st. So that's good, right? You would think like, okay, you've got a plan. That's good. But there's more. (laughs) And I really, I want to share all of this with you because this is the reality of what things can look like. So we were... um, getting ready to actually go and see pink we had tickets to go and see pink in toronto and i woke up that morning with my psoas muscle completely in spasm now if you're not familiar with the psoas muscle it starts at the bottom of your ribs and it runs all the way down your back it's that big meaty muscle in your back it wraps through your pelvic bones and down around to the front of your legs and basically joins your legs to your torso so it's really important in your body and it's a really big muscle And it also is the muscle that is our fight or flight muscle. So when you are experiencing stress, hello, a little bit over here, your muscle responds to that. My muscle clearly decided that I was very stressed and went into complete spasm. Like I couldn't get up. I actually passed out from the pain at one point. Like it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, got that all sorted out, was able to go to the Pink concert, couldn't sit down, so there was a lot of standing, which was fine, but it was just so interesting to me that my body was talking to me, that it was sending me this message and saying like, hey, yoo-hoo, over there, apparently you're thinking that you're managing this, but you're not managing this because your body, me, your body is feeling this and I'm going to tell you the message. And the message is you need to calm down, you need to get your stress sorted out, and you need to get a little bit of help here. So my psoas muscle and I are still talking to each other a little bit about how to get it to just, you know, back off a little bit (laughs) and maybe not spasm from time to time. But isn't it interesting Like I always say, you've heard me say it before, your body hears everything you tell it. And clearly my body was hearing that I am stressed 
And clearly, it was sending me the message that I needed to deal with that. And in the continuation of this whole saga of I wasn't really expecting this news and I was now having stress whether I actually recognized it or not, I found myself moving through the next few weeks really angry, like raging. Like there was a lot of explicit language happening in this house at the silliest things. And I couldn't understand, like, why was I so angry? Like, I was angry when I got my first diagnosis initially in 2015. But I I don't remember raging, like, so out of control. I guess I told you at the beginning, this is a really personal share. But I want to be really vulnerable with you because I want to share with you that, you know, these are things that happen. and, And how do we manage these things? So I sat with myself for a long time thinking like, why am I so freaking mad? What is happening? And I realized it was the delivery of the news that had set me off. That if it had been my oncologist, I know exactly what it would have said. It would have said, Catherine, unfortunately, you know, we've got a thing and you've got a spot and here's the details. But I promised you that I would always have your back and this is what we're going to do. We're going to send you here to this surgeon. We're going to talk about this. We're going to get that taken out and your recovery is going to be great and we're just going to keep moving forward. I know that that is how he would have delivered it because he's delivered news to me a few times and because it wasn't delivered by him and because it was delivered in a way that was very triggering for me, I think I just was super angry. And when I was able to name it, and I had this conversation with my own coach, I was like, I'm just raging. She's like, are you really though? Or are you afraid and feeling vulnerable? And I was like, oh, yes, yes, I am afraid. I am afraid that on the PET scan that I have to have, that I've since had, that they're going to find more. And I am feeling vulnerable. Because I I don't know what to do with this right now. But it was manifesting itself as rage and anger. So isn't that interesting? And I, I really felt like sharing that with you was important because when we are going through these things, it's important to acknowledge what we're feeling and have the tools and strategies to manage them. And clearly... I was, uh, you know, falling apart a little bit in the strategy department, but was trying to figure it out as I went along. But I think the biggest thing that I came to was understanding why I was feeling like that. And then once I was able to label it, I was able to move through it and past it. And so I'm good now. Like I truly am good. I know that this surgery is going to be fine. I know I have like complete faith in this surgeon, complete faith in my oncologist, um, I'm, I'm in a better and different place. I have come back to calm. So I just want to come back to a few other things that have happened, one of them being the PET scan. And I mentioned that, you know, the PET scan, they've ordered it because they want to see if there's anything else happening in my body. And that's what I'm really afraid of. Like one spot is like easy breezy. We'll get in there, we'll get it done, we'll move on, right? And you know what I mean. But the thought of having more is, is very disconcerting to me. But I have to remember, and this is something that I teach um, my clients and I teach in my, 
my program is this concept of fear of false evidence appearing real. And I need to remind myself that nothing has gone wrong here. That I, if I create stories in my mind about there's going to be more spots, they're going to find something, this is all going to go sideways. First of all, my body's going to hear that and I'm going to have a stress response to it. But I'm just creating this narrative around things that we don't know are real. And so it's false evidence that I create to be real if I allow it to take control of myself and my emotions. So when I was having my PET scan, there was this lovely technician. He was amazing. And, and he, you know, we were talking about why I was having the PET scan. I said, well, they think I have cancer again. And he's like, but do, but do you really? He's like, what do you mean? He said, well, we know you have a spot. But he said, how about you just wait for the pathology before you start calling it cancer? And I was like, you are my new best friend. Thank you. Thank you for, for reminding me of that. And thank you for giving me permission to think that. Because that's, again, what I talk with my clients about. Like, let's not call it a thing until we know it's a thing. And he's like, yeah, no. Like, even if it is, we don't know that right now. So let's just hold the phone on that. So good. So, so good. So once we'd release sort of that piece of the whole process, as I sat in the dark for 45 minutes waiting to, for my PET scan, I was able to meditate. I was able to use mantra. My, my go-to mantra in this situation is always, I am healthy, I am happy. I am healthy, I am happy. I am healthy, I am happy. And, and other, you know, positive affirmations that I like to use. I'm a beautiful miracle and, um, you know, nothing has gone wrong here. Everything I need, I already have inside of me. Like I have a lot of affirmations that I use um, and, and bring into my life when I need them. And then the meditation was just part and parcel of that. Coming back to my breath, calming down, slowing down and, and really hearing the, the voice of the technician affirming for me what I believe that we don't have to call this anything until we have something to actually call it. So PET scan was done. All of that went well. Came home. Things were great. <laughs> but, it but it doesn't stop here, friends. So because I'm over 50, I had to have a mammogram at this time of the year. It's my time for my annual mammogram. And it probably was really bad timing, but it had been booked for a while. And I was looking at my calendar and I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't get it done. And I thought, you know, you've had it done. It's so simple. Just go in, do the thing, go home. Don't worry about it. So I went, I went for my mammogram and we did all the stuff. And the, um, the technician was like, okay, well, just wait a second. I've got to check the pictures and make sure that we got everything. And um, so just hold on. So I waited and she came back around and she's like okay I have to just take a few more pictures again I went into fight or flight I completely lost my mind I started crying I couldn't stop crying she's like oh my gosh what is happening I said I'm back in the cancer loop and I need you to tell me why you're taking more pictures because I know when you take more pictures they're always like oh no we just need a few more just for you know, clarity. And it's like, okay, but really, why are you taking more pictures? And she's like, Oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. 
I truly am just taking more pictures because there's a little spot that doesn't didn't show like a part of your body that didn't show up on the imaging and I, I want to make sure I get it right so you don't have to come back and I was like so you didn't see anything I know you can't actually tell me and she said I didn't see anything you're okay but we we need these pictures so that you can go home and you don't have to worry about coming back I was like holy smokes like what a response to something that is probably very standard but this is the kind of stuff that that is integrated into our souls into our physical being into our emotional trauma when we go through this this walk with a cancer or for those of you who may have had like a chronic illness where these these situations come up that we think we've got it under control we think we know what we're doing and then one little change can just set off this like chain reaction so so I got out of the hospital and got in my truck and had a really good cry and called my husband and he was able to calm me down and I was like holy wow like that was just a lot so it's been an interesting almost month it's been almost a month since this all started and I have to say I have learned so much about myself and where I am in my life with cancer from these experiences and it's good I think it's a good reminder for me that you know this is still my life work and um, and it's been an opportunity for me to really decide how I wanted to move through this and one of the things that I have been able to lean into is allowing people to support me more than I have ever allowed people in in the past, I've, I've had some pretty solid boundaries around letting people offer help and, and accepting help. And that's been some of the work in, in like my shadow work that I've been doing in other areas of my life. But this time I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, like people mean it when they're asking if they can help. Like they're just so genuinely wanting to hold and support. And I have been able to not only receive that support but reach out and ask for it which is very new to me this is very very new to me and and it feels good it feels good to be able to trust that I know what I need and to know that I have people that I can trust who are going to hold me and take care of me as I need it and I am in a place of also knowing that I need to be in alignment with my core values of honesty and integrity. So up until just the other day, we had decided to share with just a very few select people. And I really was undecided about whether I was going to share publicly or not. Um, because I work with people who have cancer. In, in my private coaching, I have clients who are actively in cancer. And I really was concerned about how I could be present for them um, if I didn't tell them, but also if I did tell them and what response would that have for them? So I've really struggled over how to share this or even if I should. And again, what I've realized through the wisdom of my husband is that this is all part of my life. And how can I show up for you and for my clients if I can't be authentic? So 
I decided to share. And I, again, beautiful response. And it's not about the likes and the hearts. It's about, you know, that I know people in a lot of different places and sharing this information in one social media forum allowed me to share that information. But it also has allowed me again to feel like I'm being held and supported by other people who have been here with me through this whole cancer process since 2015. So it was kind of weird to not share right away because I had shared immediately the la the first time that we found out. But this time I really paused and I'm I'm glad that I paused. It gave me time to share from a place of calm rather than from a place of of that rage that I was telling you that I was moving through. So what am I doing other than sharing? <laughs> I'm doing a lot in my body right now. Um, I have taken all manageable, controllable sugar out of my diet. I'm being very careful about not putting sugar into my body. I'm having like big salads pretty much every day for lunch and lots and lots of vegetables and lots and lots of fruit. I am juicing daily, carrots, celery, beets, ginger, turmeric, cucumber like just it doesn't taste delicious <laughs> I'm not gonna lie I have some really great juicing recipes but this one is one that is just like action-packed with phytonutrients plant nutrients and I'm just like really wanting to support my immune system and be as strong as I can so juicing allows the nutrients to get like right into you right away without having the energy of digesting it so juicing is happening every day I've had meat twice since July 18th and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with meat it's just this is what I feel called to do right now I've had a piece of fish once and some organic chicken the other day I am not drinking I am a self-admitted lover of red wine and um, I have taken alcohol out of my lifestyle right now I'm gonna see how that goes um, and, and I'm feeling good. Like I actually have a ton of energy that I really um, wasn't aware that I didn't have this kind of energy. So it's been an interesting experience as I'm moving through this body part of it to see that these changes are actually having such a great impact on my, my daily self. Um, I am doing lots of yoga. I've really dug deep into my yoga practice. I'm not saying I'm doing hours of yoga. Like some days I'm only doing 15 minutes. Some days I'm doing 60 minutes. But I'm doing yoga because I know for me I need to move my body. I'm also walking. But yoga is, you know, my passion. Um, I need to move my body. I need to connect with my breath. I need to trust myself that my body is okay and that I can still use it in ways that it needs to be used and that I want to move it. And it's meditation in motion for me. It's really a way for me to work through my thoughts as I am going through the yoga practice. In my mind, I am acknowledging how I'm feeling. Clearly, I am in a place where I'm ready to share. And I am honoring that pause that I took prior to sharing. And now I am settling into seeing how I'm feeling and recognizing how I'm feeling. I'm honoring the emotions that are coming up. I'm not putting them in boxes and ignoring them. I'm not walking around saying, I'm great. Yeah, no, I've got this. I'm good. When people 
who are sort of in my circle are asking me, how are you? I am far more comfortable now than I have ever been to say, actually, you know what? I'm having a bit of a hard day today. Or when I was in my rage mode, it's like, I'm just really angry. And they're like, oh, okay. And nobody has stepped back and been like, oh my God, I should never have asked. People were like, but are you okay? Like, what can I do to support you? Which has been new for me and really beautiful. Um, and I'm reminding myself that stress is not good for me. Going back to the psoas muscle story and my inability to get out of bed, sit up, sit down, move sideways. It was really awful, friends. It was like really, really hard. So I'm really cognizant of trying to keep my stress down. Um, and so I'm, I'm meditating and I'm breathing and I am listening to my emotions as they come up and, and recognizing them. I'm doing things that bring me joy, like gardening, um, spending time with my husband and select friends. I'm continuing to work because my work brings me joy and I is very purposeful for me. And, um, you know, I have people that that I support as much as I have people who support me. So that's important to me. In my spirit, I am creating boundaries that protect my energy and my emotions. And I wasn't really sure how I was going to do this when I decided to share. And my coach walked me through this idea that I can actually tell people what I need them to say and what I don't want them to say. So in my, my social media post about this is what is happening, I invited people to use the language that I needed to hear. I don't use fight language like I'm fighting and this is my battle and I'm going to win like I, I don't discount that for other people in their lives but that is not the philosophy that I subscribe to anymore and so I asked people not to speak to me that way I said you know please don't tell me to fight and be strong because I know that I need to be strong but but instead, I will accept your prayers and your beautiful energy and your healing thoughts and wishes. And people have been really responsive to that. It's been, it's been really beautiful. People have honored that boundary that I set and are just saying really kind and gentle things that I need to keep my central nervous system regulated. So that is a really interesting thing that I've never done before and that I'm finding um, definitely going to use with my clients because, because this is our experience. This is my experience right now and I get to set the boundaries around what is okay and what's not okay for me. I am being selective about who I see and what I do. That's part of boundaries and protecting my own energy. I'm caring for myself in a way that feels like I have some control because we know that when things like this happen, we can feel like all of our control has been taken away. So I'm claiming the things that I know I can control. Eating healthy, moving my body, drinking lots of water, getting rest when I need it, seeing who I want to see, asking for language to be used in posts and responses and emails. Like I am controlling what I can control. And that's really been very empowering for me. I don't feel out of control anymore. I feel like I've been able to bring that back to, to myself. So I'm glad that I decided to publicly share 
It feels in alignment with the work that I do and the support that I offer and the space that I hold for other people who are going through same and similar experiences. And I feel like it's my responsibility because this is my work to show up as who I am, a real person living with cancer. Because like I said, this is my reality. This is my life. This podcast and my business as a holistic coach come from my life. I wouldn't have the knowledge to do this if I wasn't living it. How much more real does it get than to share and model how I'm moving through a new health situation? And I find it so interesting that all of this is unfolding as I have taken what I've learned over the years and packaged it into a program for people who are looking for support. I'm literally taking my reality and how I navigate life with cancer and sharing it with other people. And so just stay with me here for a second. This week is actually the launch of a new round of enrollment in my program. And I seriously considered putting it off. I I seriously thought like maybe this isn't the right time to be offering this to people. But when I sat and I thought about it and I thought about being in integrity and alignment, my core values, with my own beliefs and in being in service to you, I decided to go ahead and and move forward with that. So I held my workshop, my masterclass on the weekend, and I decided to go ahead and open up the program. Because without the information in the program, I don't think I would be sharing with you in the same way. Because everything that I have learned, I want you to learn too. That's why I do this podcast and I share these things because I want you to learn also what is available to you, how this can look and how this can feel. I am walking this path stronger and more confidently because I've done the work around eating healthier, doing gentle movement, learning to recognize my thoughts and emotions and how to see them and hear them and manage them and how to believe in myself and that I can do hard things. And the program is called Living to Thrive, and it's called that for a reason. This is my mantra in my life, and my purpose for the rest of my life is to be a thriver, not just a survivor. And my hope for you is that you will embrace this concept too, because friends, it makes it a whole lot easier to know I have some control over parts of my life, even when things feel out of control. It fills my heart to be able to support other people who are going through similar experiences who maybe don't have the the, um, experience that I do, the insight, the tools, the perspective, whatever that is. So I'm I'm just going to leave it here. I'm going to put the link to the program in the show notes if it resonates with you. Or you can go to my website, katherinewhite.coach if it resonates with you, if you're curious, whatever, or send me an email, shoot me an email at hello at katherinewhite.coach if you want to talk about, you know, what this is and, and why I do it. But what I really want to say is thank you. Thank you for being part of my life with cancer and for holding space for me to use this podcast as a way to share what it looks like to have a life that is perfectly imperfect, but that is also beautiful and blessed. And thank you for allowing me to share my story with you, for listening to this podcast 
so that you can learn and grow in a way that feels good for you and for just being the beautiful miracles that you are. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. And I'm just going to ask that if you have enjoyed this or other episodes, I would really appreciate it if you'd leave a review wherever you're listening. This helps me to reach more people like you who are looking for support and guidance and a different way to live with cancer because there is a different way to do this. And if you want this to drop into your inbox every week, just hit subscribe or you can um, join my email list. Go to katherinewhite.coach and get yourself onto the email list so that you can see more about what I'm doing and how I work with people. And just follow this podcast. Have it show up every week, every other week so that you can gather these tools and these strategies that I'm talking about and that I am using and bring them into your own thriving life. Thank you so much for being here today. I truly appreciate you being here and you listening and you giving me this space to share with you what I'm going through right now. I just know that it's going to be okay. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.